Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for this Monday, Wednesday, Friday Let's Ride podcast. It is a Monday, and I hope that you all had a great weekend. I hope that you're ready for this week. And the Steelers, my goodness, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I swear to you, they are not listening to me. I'm telling them all the day, what do I say? No news is good news in the offseason. You don't have news, that's a good thing. That means you don't have injuries. You don't have players getting in trouble off the field. You just have a standard offseason. Seems like the Pittsburgh Steelers don't want to abide by that because on Friday, the Pittsburgh Steelers announced, or maybe it was Thursday. I'm trying to think. I think it was Thursday. One of those days, I don't know, the Steelers announced that David DeCastro was released. Released from the team just straight up. And I, I want to make sure I, I let my listeners know that I do record my podcast the day before they run live. My podcasts go at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you think that I'm waking up at 4 o'clock to record it live and then just running it right after, well, you're nuts. I'm not doing that. Uh, I might wake up around 4 o'clock for some things, but no, not to, not to record a podcast. I would not be mentally prepared. We'll put it that way. So when I did my show on Friday... I did not, people were probably, I I really hope that people were tuning in on Friday to think, what does Jeff have to say about this DeCastro situation? And they didn't hear that. I was really proud of the podcast I did on Friday when I was talking about, you know, essentially, what will it take for the Steelers to reclaim their identity? And believe it or not, it all kind of ties together. And we're going to talk about that uh, because today's podcast is going to be all about what David DeCastro's departure means for the 2021 Steelers what does his release mean for the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers mainly that offensive line we're going to talk about that before we get to that I want to mention we are a part of and I say we we the podcast family our network of podcasts are a part of behindthesteelcurtain.com it should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers SB Nation controls that website we are a part of SB Nation a branch of SB Nation, which is a branch of Vox Media. So make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You won't be disappointed. We have some really good stuff coming up this week. Also, wherever you get your podcasts, in case you just stumbled upon this show, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain wherever you get it. I'm talking Google Play, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, um, anywhere else, Anchor, Stitcher, you name it subscribe, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. And that's not just my Let's Ride podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's also all of our morning shows. So that's the live mic with Michael Beck, our deputy editor on Tuesday, Steeler Stat Geek with our editor Dave Schofield on Thursdays, and then all of our afternoon content on Monday. It is The Hangover. Tuesday is The Scobro Show. Wednesday is The Curtain Call. And then on Thursday is The Preview. Fridays, Six Pack with Tony Defio. Saturday's the touchdown under, Sunday's 2 a.m., and then you also get audio like The War Room with Maddie Peverell, The Retro Show with Tony and Brian, and then also Brian's Fact or Fiction. So we have so much stuff, and we're growing. You all have told us, not specifically and directly, but you have shown that when we put out the content, you will consume it. So we're going to expand our our platform a little bit, not a lot. A couple 30-minute shows are going to be added 
We're going to change up the way that we publish things on our audio side, and we'll be making these announcements in the coming weeks, but we're really excited. I hope you're excited too. Last announcement before we get into the podcast, Tuesday is when I normally do my show live on the Spotify Green Room app, formerly known as the Locker Room app. I am still going to do the show Tuesday, but it might be late. It might be late. It might be about 9, 9.30 or 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and the the people, I do have some stuff going on that day. It's going to be tough to me to get. Normally, it's around 7.30. But the, the people at the Spotify Green Room have really wanted us to kind of see, okay, what if we change things up a little bit? If you normally do it at 7, what if you did it at 9? They're, they're trying. They're using us, not my podcast only, but other podcasts on SB Nation's platform to kind of get a feel for what works and what doesn't. So on Tuesday, if you're wondering when the show is going to be, follow me on Twitter at jhartman, A-J-R-T-M-A-N, underscore P-I-T, and I will announce when I'm going to go live on that Spotify Green Room app, which is free for iOS users, and the beta version is free for the Google Play. I want to hear from you, so tune in on Tuesday. We're going to have a lot to talk about, basically on the youth of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to be a good show. Let's get this thing started. David DeCastro. Like I said, Friday news, everyone everyone might have wondered, like, what's Jeff think? It was, a, it was a whirlwind. It really was. When you think about DeCastro, released. Then, it, it seemed like, Holy cow, what are they going to do? Huge hole, huge gaping vacancy along the offensive line, and then they sign Trey Turner. So if you use your brain, and I'm hoping that my ride-or-die crew does use their brain, then you know that this was coming. The Steelers, when they brought in Trey Turner a little over a week ago, that was a Friday news dump story. They knew something was up. And then this goes all the way back to DeCastro, showing up for the first day of mandatory minicamp, people saying they saw him in street clothes, and then they never saw him again. He was the only starter that did not speak to the media at that time. So red flags galore. Red flags going up everywhere. I talked about that on my live show last Tuesday on the Spotify Green Room app, and I was like, this is just something is funny here. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Everything kind of came full circle when DeCastro was released on Friday, and then Turner was signed shortly after. For those that didn't know, uh, David DeCastro is injured, and uh, there's been a, a lot of discrepancies that you see online, but when you read the interviews, and he's done interviews with several people, uh, the first and the best one that I've read is his interview with Jim Wexel of uh, 24-7 Sports, which is a part of, I think, uh, CBS Sports, but still, it was a great interview. He was very candid. He talked a lot about how he owed it to the Steelers to be up front with them. He thought the injury that he was plagued with last season. So we all assumed that that David DeCastro was hurt last year, and he was, and he was. And we all thought that he would be coming back and be healthy. He thought he would be coming back and be healthy, but he wasn't. He wasn't. He went to uh, see a, a physician, I guess, about his ankle injury, the bone spurs in his ankle, and he was hoping to get a clean bill of health. Turns out he's going to have to have another quote-unquote cleanup surgery. And so that's that. That led to the Steelers saying, "We can't wait around for this." Not at the price tag that he was going to cost the team. He was going to cost the team fifteen million dollars in salary cap. I believe that's the number I saw. And I'm sure Dave Schofield will let me know if I got that wrong. But still, uh, he was going to be owed a lot of money. And so the Steelers made a decision: if we release him, we're going to save just a little over eight million dollars, and that could be valuable money. In a lot of ways, it could be valuable money in a lot of ways. And so when I'm looking at this, you're thinking, okay, the timeline makes sense now. DeCastro comes in, does not get a clean bill of health. 
Steelers bring in Trey Turner. They must have liked his bill of health as well. We'll talk about that uh, coming up. But ultimately, now you're taking a look at, okay, can't do this. Can't do this. I mean, last year he just wasn't what he used to, what everyone is accustomed to seeing from David DeCastro. He was banged up. You can't put up with that again. And so they released him. And it seemed amicable, at least on the surface it did. David DeCastro, if I were to guess, is going to retire. He's going to miss several months anyways. The only way he gets another shot at playing this season is if there's a team that's in desperate need of interior offensive linemen. And even then, you have that glaring cloud, that that glaring injury right in front of your face, and you have to wonder, would you ever make that risk of bringing on a player like that? I know I would be hesitant, and I'm sure a lot of NFL teams are hesitant too. So with the backstory known now, we know a lot about the situation. Well, what does it mean? What does this mean for the Steelers? Well, first and foremost, the first thing that came to my mind was they're losing a leader in the locker room. I've talked about leadership, the Steelers' leadership or lack thereof. I've talked about the identity on and off the field. DeCastro was a guy that reminded me a lot of the other Big time of future now Hall of Fame guard that wore 66 for the Steelers, Alan Fanica. Alan Fanica was a he he only spoke when the media got a camera in his face or a microphone in his face. The caster was the same way. He never sought out the attention. But that doesn't that does not mean he did not lead in the locker room. And so they're losing a leader. And not only are they losing a leader, I've talked about it. I know other people on our podcast platform have talked about it. We all assumed that this was the guy, that David DeCastro was the guy, the last remaining piece of that 2018 offensive line that was so good. He was the last piece. He was supposed to anchor this very, very young offensive line. He was supposed to be that guy that was going to be like, all right, let's do this, and now he's gone. So they're not only losing a leader, they're losing that anchor. And I think that deep down, the Steelers were very hopeful that they were going to have David DeCastro back. I did say earlier that I thought that this was all planned, but I don't think it was something that had been planned for months. This was a take care of yourself, Dave, over the break. You know, when you're not here, they they probably knew he wasn't going to show up to OTAs at all, and he didn't. And then when you come in for mandatory minicamp, we'll take a look, we'll see where everything is. And it just wasn't healed up. His ankles were still a mess. So they're losing that leader. But you know what they might not be losing? Are they? Let me phrase this a different way. Are the Steelers losing really anything on the field other than experience? He has a ton of it. He's been playing since his rookie season. And I don't mean just making the team. He's been playing. Which, by the way, he said this injury actually stemmed from his injury in his rookie season. It was in the preseason that he got hurt. I believe that was in Buffalo in the preseason. But still... Think about it. I'm not trying to downplay experience at all. I don't want to that. I don't want to come off like that at all because I think experience is extremely valuable. But let's let's call a spade a spade here. He wasn't good or healthy in 2020. Everyone, myself included, that talked about what could be for the Steelers in 2021 with this offensive line and all the the moving and shaking and Matt Cannon and Adrian Clem and all these moving pieces of the puzzle, it was all based around DeCastro being healthy and going back to form, going back to what we were used to seeing from him. At the same time, 
if what is if his injuries are obviously they're still there that's fact now that's not a that's not a we're not speculating at this point in time that's a fact and so when you think about it that way you're saying oh man well so he wasn't he wasn't good in 2020 he wasn't healthy he's still not healthy what makes you think he's going to be good in 2021 so they release him so again outside of experience are they really going to miss anything on the field with David DeCastro well it all depends on Trey Turner that's what it depends on and honestly right now these two players, Dave Schofield wrote the article for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, thought it was a very good article that really talked about how DeCastro and Turner have very similar stories right now. Those stories consist of, what are you going to get? Trey Turner, when he was with Carolina, was a perennial Pro Bowl player. I believe he had five Pro Bowls to his name. He was a part of that team that went to the Super Bowl and played against the Broncos. I mean, just really physical. He could pull great offensive lineman goes to LA to play with the chargers and just does not look the same. Looks like a shell of himself. All reports state he was dealing with injuries the entire time. And so Trey Turner, even though he has a similar story, you have to believe that the Steelers when their medical staff did their diligence and said, we think that he is at least healthy. This is not to say that he's going to regain that form that he had in Carolina, but at least he is healthy. Whatever injuries plagued him that led to his release in L.A. are in the rearview mirror. You have to believe that. And if he is healthy, even if he's not what he used to be in Carolina, would a healthy Trey Turner, again, even though he may be limited in what he can do and what he used to do well, isn't a healthy Trey Turner better than a banged-up, 2020 David DeCastro. I hate to say yes, but that's what I'm leaning. I'm leaning in the direction of, I would like to have a healthy offensive lineman starting no matter what. Now, Trey Turner brings that experience. Trey Turner's been in a Super Bowl. Trey Turner's a Pro Bowl guy. So it's the same time as I talked about, other than experience, what are we losing when we when the Steelers lose David DeCastro when they release him? Well, they're getting that in Trey Turner. Think about it this way, folks. Trey Turner comes in, and you might be thinking, well, that's going to be weird. You know, he's the new guy. Is he going to mesh with the guys? All this stuff. And I get it. But at the same time, is there really that cohesive bond within that group? Is there really a cohesive bond with Chooksakora for Zach Banner, you know, Kevin Dotson? He's going to his second year. Who knows who's going to be the center? I don't think it's going to be as drastic as people think. And I think Trey Turner could be very well. He and and Zach Banner, obviously, is going to be a leader on that group. I think they will be just fine from a leadership standpoint. And Trey Turner brings that experience. He's going to be able to stand up and say, look, I've done this. I've been in the biggest game that there is at this level. Listen to what I'm saying. And if he's healthy and he's playing well, it doesn't have to be at a Pro Bowl level, but he's playing well, I think the Steelers will be just fine at that position, at that position well we're going to talk about those positions and then also this salary cap space that the Steelers now have what does that mean for the Steelers as well it all equates back to David DeCastro's departure which is what we're talking about we'll continue right after this break stay tuned
Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Jeff Hartman here, your senior editor behind the SteelCurtain.com, with you for the second segment of Let's Ride Monday Morning Podcast. I hope you're having a great day, getting your week off the right way. And we are talking about David DeCastro's release. We've talked about what it means in the locker room and the leadership aspect. We've talked about experience on the field and what Trey Turner brings in replacing him. But let's look at it from the offensive line perspective. When I was sitting here writing down my show notes for this Monday podcast, I kept on thinking to myself, holy cow, is this what Ben Roethlisberger wants maybe in his last year? This offensive line is starting to look like the 2009 offensive line when it was considered the worst line in the NFL, and yet they won the Super Bowl. And I'm not here to, I'm not predicting a Super Bowl win. I'm just comparing offensive line to offensive line. I'm talking about players, you know, Willie Colon was on that team, Justin Hartwig was the center, I believe. Max Starks was still there. I, Darnell Stapleton was a part of that group. Chris Kimoyatu was a part of that group. It, it was literally just kind of a mixed match, jumbled group of guys, you know? And they found a way to do it. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I kept on thinking to myself as I'm writing down these names is, is this how Ben's going to go out? Is this is this really what is going to happen? Is this the group that he's going to be with? Oh, my goodness. I hope for the best. But call me skeptical. Yes, I am a little skeptical as of now because, like I said earlier, DeCastro was supposed to be that anchor. He was supposed to be that guy. And now that guy's gone. So until I see a new guy, guys, plural, show up, well, that's the issue. But they have a very uncertain offensive line situation heading into 2021. Take a look at the projected offensive line. Left tackle, Chukes for. He has not played left tackle since college. Ever since he's he has done the swing tackle role, so he does have experience there and practice there, but he has not been the penciled in left tackle since he's entered the NFL. That's always been big Alejandro Villanueva. Left guard, Kevin Dotson. This is the one position I feel like on the offensive line fans are thinking that one's okay. I really do feel that. That's the one position that when I list off these players, they think he's okay. They saw what Kevin Dotson could do last year as a rookie with a year under his belt. He should be ready to go. He should be ready to go. At center, question mark. Who knows? Is it going to be Kendrick Green, the third-round pick from Illinois? Is it going to be B.J. Finney? I doubt it's going to be J.C. Hassenauer, but he's in the mix. He's in the mix. You have to think that they're going to give Kendrick Green every opportunity to win that job. It just depends on whether he can win it, whether he can beat B.J. Finney for that center spot. We'll see. And that no one knows. BJ Finney has never been that impressive to me as a center. At any time, he's filled in, and he's a guy that could be like, okay, I can give you a game or two, and you won't miss too much. But you don't want him being your every down center, at least not in past experience. So we'll see. At right guard, well, did DeCastro's gone? You assume Trey Turner's going to step in. I mean, is Rashad Coward going to beat out Trey Turner? I, I hope not. And that's nothing against Coward. That's just that you sign this, you sign Trey Turner to a one-year, $3 million deal. You really hope that he comes in and shows, I'm healthy, I'm here, I'm ready to prove myself, not just to the Steelers, but to the rest of the National Football League. You know why? I signed a one-year deal. I'm going to prove that last year in L.A. was a fluke. I was hurt. I'm ready. I'm ready to show that I'm back to my, back to my usual ways, Pro Bowl ways, give me an opportunity. That's what you hope to see. 
If not, that's boy, he's in trouble. His career's in trouble. And then right tackle, Zach Banner. Zach Banner, who has one start as the right tackle in the NFL. Yeah, he has other starts on his on his ledger, but that's based on the fact that they came out in a jumbo package when he's the extra tight end and they're just going to try to run the ball. Zach Banner, I have zero doubts in his ability to run block. Pass protection, I don't know. Again, just like the center position, big time question mark. Big time question mark. You know what was interesting though? And I wrote this article over the weekend for the website. Uh, Brian Baldinger, who's the NFL Network, he does a lot of film room breakdowns. And if you have a Twitter account, at Baldy NFL is a great follow. If you just like to watch someone that knows the game of football and he is breaking it down every which way, and he doesn't just talk about the Steelers or his former team like the Eagles, he is talking about any team that he finds to be unique. And he decided to do a it was about a five-minute breakdown on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he was showing footage from 2005. And he said, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are clearly going through some offensive overhaul right now, they are clearly having some semblance of a, they're redoing their offensive line. That's not a, that, that is in no way, shape, or form a surprise or should not be a surprise to anyone. And so he's looking at all this stuff. And he's talking about 2005, and he's bringing up Alan Fanica. Jeff Hardings was there at the time. Kendall Simmons was there. Marvell Smith was at left tackle. Uh, Max Starks was at right tackle. He said the, the Steelers in two, 2021 would be very wise to look back at this 2005 offensive line and say, we could take a page out of their book by just being a power team, a team that can run it down your throat. He said they have the back in Najee Harris, they can, do they have the guard that can pull like Fanica? That's the question. Now, Trey Turner earlier in his career was able to do that. I'm not sure if he can do it at this stage. I know that our own Cliff Harris is still a punk is working on a Trey Turner breakdown. And that's Kevin Smith, by the way. That's what he goes by in the comment section of behind the steel curtain.com. And he said that what he's seen a lot is like, uh, of Trey Turner is like a Ramon Foster later in his career. He can pull, but it's not really his forte anymore. Make sure you check out that breakdown because it's going to be worth your time. I guarantee it. And that should be coming either Monday or Tuesday on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. But, you know, you think about what does this mean? I mean, you you look at the line that I just I just ran through. Jukes for Kevin Dotson, the unknown, whether it's Green or Finney at center, uh, Turner and Banner on the right side. To me, that screams of let's run the football. Let's run the football. And that bleeds its way and has a ripple effect into the rest of the offense. If Ben Roethlisberger has a running game, I talked about this two weeks ago. If Ben Roethlisberger has a running game, the Steelers will be able to actually have a balanced approach. Play action pass should be a thing that is not that crazy to think of it's been that way in the past if ben can go under center i have no idea why they couldn't be able to run some play action if they can run the football effectively this offensive line seems to be built to be aggressive to get some push can they pass block that's a different story so when you think about this and all we've talked about so far in this episode is there's just so much uncertainty now after DeCastro's release you just don't know what Trey Turner is going to be for your offensive line. You don't know about someone like Chuksakora for. Again, the anchor, the anchor that was supposed to be David DeCastro on that line is just not going to be there anymore. And so then you start thinking, well, does this have any other impact on the team? 
David DeCastro's release have any other impact, and it does. It absolutely does. The Steelers freed up, like I said at the beginning of the show, roughly $8 million when David DeCastro was released. So $8 million is now freed up. What do they do with it? They still need to bring in some players at some positions. Do we want to see the big-name players come in? In some instances, maybe, but I don't bank on that happening. Either way, the Pittsburgh Steelers now find themselves sitting with about eight and a half million, excuse me, give or take, salary cap space. It's just eight and a half million dollars now fall into their lap. Who could they get? What positions? Let's look at positions first. Pass rusher. My gosh, could they use a third quality pass rusher? And there's some big name players still out there. Justin Houston. I want to refer everyone to Michael Beck's article that ran on Sunday on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It was power ranking. It was power ranking the positions and players of need now that the Steelers have kind of found some new money. And so you look at it outside linebacker, that was the number one name, Justin Houston. It's the player that I would love for them to get based on the fact that he had eight sacks last year for Indianapolis. He could easily come in and not only be a leader on the defense, play for, a, I think, a very competitive football team, but could see the field a significant number of snaps. If you have someone like Justin Houston that can come in and can rush from either side, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith don't feel like they have to do it all. If it's the end of the game, fourth quarter, and they need a breath, they need a breath, they need a break, then they know that they can turn and Justin Houston can come in and he can get the job done. Uh, there are some other names out there. Melvin Ingram is one. I'm not crazy about that. He's injury prone. Justin Houston is shown that he can stay healthy even at his age i'd love to see that happen also cornerback brian Poole was a, a player that michael Beckton and he can play the slot very very well very similar to mike hilton however you have to wonder well what about justin i'm not justin lane is an is an option i know we talked about him a lot in the past james pierre what are they going to do with him how are they going to use cam sutton a lot of this depends on that and then Michael brought up a player that I was like, wow, I can't believe you just said this. He brought up Steven Nelson. And most people would assume it seemed like the bridges are burned between the Steelers and Steven Nelson. But let's be honest. And that's a player that said, oh, yeah, I've got all these suitors. I've got all these people that want me. They want me. Well, why are you still a free agent then? That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't add up. So for Steven Nelson, maybe he comes back to Pittsburgh with his tail in between his legs. Maybe he takes a one-year prove-it deal. I don't know. I doubt it. I would not put money on that at all. And then there were some offensive linemen. But those three positions, outside linebacker, cornerback, and O-line, all across the board, I think those would be the three areas that if the Steelers are going to take, David DeCastro's now they're going to find that they found this money. They didn't find it. They released a player, and now they have this money. Maybe those are the areas they go. They, they've got to make a move somewhere. And before we were always said, well, maybe they could extend David DeCastro. Well, they didn't extend him, but they freed up cap space nonetheless. So it makes you wonder what the Steelers' plan is. And this also means that for the rest of this offseason, if you think this is just going to be a very calm and quiet offseason, I doubt it. I doubt it. They're going to make another addition or two. They're going to continue to try to put a championship-caliber team together. Whether you think they can or cannot, that's not. That's neither here nor there. That's what they're going to try to do. So 
David DeCastro's release, his departure, what does it mean? It means a lot for the 2021 Steelers. It means a lot for leadership. It means a lot for on-field experience. It means a lot for the salary cap space that they have remaining. It means a lot. The ripple effect from David DeCastro's release will be felt for a long time, especially in 2021. I also want to say, though, that I, I, I wish David DeCastro nothing but the best. I think I speak for all Steeler fans when I say that. However, I really hope he retires. <laughs> and that may sound like, oh, Jeff's just being a homer again. No, I, there's certain players, and, you know, he's been dealing with injuries. He has three kids now. I hope that David DeCastro says, you know, he's good friends with Andrew Luck. They went to Stanford together. You know, you know that Andrew Luck walked away from the game early in his career. I hope that he looks at life and says, you know what, I don't need this anymore. I don't need to put my body through this anymore. So and uh, for selfish reasons, I also hope that he retires as a member of the Steelers. The Steelers would probably gladly one day put him in their um, Hall of Honor, I think is what they call it. But still, just tremendous stuff. Uh, he's a, he was a great guy, great player. Going to miss him because when he was on, he was good. He was really, really good. First round pick for a reason. First round pick for a reason. All right, folks, there you have it. I finally got to talk about DeCastro. I know it's a little late. Hope you don't mind. But we're going to be back on Tuesday night. Remember, that show that's going to be live on the Spotify Green Room is going to be later. Follow me on Twitter at jhartman underscore PIT. I will announce when we're going to go. What we're going to talk about on that episode I'm really excited about is the Steelers' reliance on youth in 2021. They are going to need some young players to step up in a big way if they want to compete, if they want to contend. And I want to hear from you. So make sure you download that Spotify Green Room app. For, it's free for iOS users, free to create an account. And then if even if you're a Google Play or Android user, go into the Play Google Play Store and you can find the beta version of it and you can still talk with me on Tuesday night. I hope you join me. Otherwise, Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. And as we always finish it out here, folks, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great Monday. We'll see you either on Tuesday night or Wednesday. Go Steelers.